What's up, guys? Back for another episode of the Peace, Love, and Meat podcast. Been talking to Ross a little bit beforehand here, per usual, and um, we were just kind of reviewing the giveaway. So what I want to share here is what we have and what I'm working on, just to give you a better idea. So I essentially wanted someone to be able to go from completely inexperienced, no equipment, gear, knowledge of hunting whatsoever. And I at least wanted to be able to outfit them for an early season hunt, you know, try to get them connected with somebody, um, you know, whether it's through me or through you or through some of our extended network, help them find a doe or a turkey hunt or something that is beneficial to the property owner. They're going to be excited to help a new hunter. We can help facilitate some of that. But as far as the giveaway goes, 100% getting the expedition, uh, 33 racks, and that's a 65 pound right hand bow over and over and over the last two years, I've looked at a hundred different scenarios for building bows, a 65 pound bow for anyone can last you the rest of your life. If you take care of it, I mean, you may, this is not going to be like a flagship, um, premier bow. This is going to be a mid upper to low top tier, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that range of performance. And that is perfect for a beginner because that allows a lot of flexibility in the tune down. If we have somebody that's, you know, 30, 40, 45 pound draw, this bow is capable of that. Whereas a lot of your top end bows, the window for tuning is very, very limited. So this bow, you're going to get Easton arrows, the four millimeter or the five millimeter axis. Um, There's benefit to both. And really for a new beginner uh, or new archer, um, it, it may not matter. But I will talk to you about the options there and, and why I can suggest certain things for different reasons. Beyond that, uh, we got a couple pieces from Born Primitive. Uh, you're going to get a top and a bottom. I'd say would be the best, but you really give you really do get a choice of your own. Like you can look at all the outdoor stuff. If you want two tops, fine. If you want two pants, mm-hmm. fine. But I wanted to get a, a piece of camo, something, uh, just a lightweight top. You know, something with a hoodie. So I'm talking to a couple of different. Um, camouflage companies there like i said this this gets not sticky but you know i want to shine light on my friends on the relationships that we have so this is going to be just an ever never-ending rotation of companies because we have good relationships with so many people so Mm -hmm. that benefits people on the other end um so we got a couple of camo companies that are probably going to give at least one maybe a few more pieces um i want to get a bino pack and some sort of backpack um I don't really have a connection in the boot world. So if anybody is listening to this, I mean, I do, but I don't really have the handshake face to face connection. And I'm not going to ask a friend to do me that kind of favor uh, in this situation. So, you know, basically outside of boots, I'm going to try to get you fitted top to bottom to, to have a bow ready to go to the field and shoot. Um, Also, we are going to provide a total archery challenge ticket to your nearest location. Now, if you can't go, you just, you just kind of bypass that part of the prize, but the encouragement would be to get there. Um, Ross and I live on opposite ends of the country. There's events all over the country. Mm -hmm. A a perfect situation would be that you could come and spend an afternoon with us and shoot in that situation, but that'll just be logistics. If we can make that work, definitely an open door to, to walk through but if it just doesn't work out because of scheduling or where you live or the inability to travel it, it's just going to be the reality of it but we will get you a ticket and beyond that i will make sure that someone at that event that i know personally that i believe in completely as a human being 
to help you out and take you around and kind of get you in a group like that. So that's really kind of the long and short of it. There'll probably be a few other things. Um, we'll throw some in the new, we'll throw some of our stuff in there too. We'll yeah, have I, um, a, sh- a shirt or two and we have a mug and the sticker. Like we'll put a little pack of our merch stuff in there as well. Yeah. And that, and you know, before we go into that, um, just to say the breakdown on this, look, if you don't want to be a part of the membership, that's totally fine. This yeah. is not about entirely gaining membership. It is in a way, yeah. but if you just want to su- support peace, love and meat in a, in a one-time fashion, um, obviously you can buy the merch that's supportive, mm-hmm. but if you want to win this raffle for yourself, it is transferable. We can transfer this to a friend, spouse, whatever it might be. Um, but we can get you set up with that. $15 for a non-membership. If you join, the lowest monthly entry is $10, and that's going to get you one entry. Mm-hmm. The mid is $20, that's going to get you two, and the top tier is $50 a month, and that's going to get you five entries. What you're going to see in there, and this kind of like expands the episode a little bit into the merchandise and whatnot, Ross and I were talking about um, me personally having that situation with a you know, a group of people that have said, Hey, yes, I'm raising my hand that I want your information. I want to hear what you have to say on, excuse me, certain topics. I want expanded info from you on certain topics. And that's just kind of been like a freedom for me to share a little bit more information and in further detail, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas we've talked about with peace, love and meat, you know, Ross has kind of kicked me in the ass a few times and been like, Hey man, you need to post some more stuff. You need to say some more things. And he's not wrong. But I have really, really struggled, you know, with all that's going on in the world today, um, with what to say and, and how to say it in a way that, as a baseline, it, it can call to action with an action through positivity in a, in a realistic view of the world. So I want to be able to view the world for what it is, understand what I can do better for myself something that has helped me that I can probably or potentially pass forward to someone else. Like the biggest thing for me is looking at my entire life and realizing that like, Hey, I am so far on this mountain still climbing. Like I have no grounds to get at the the podium and sit here and tell anybody how to live their life. I am doing my best to navigate and learn and grow and evolve as a human being. And with that, it kind of made me feel a little bit like a fraud in the sense that I was saying, Hey, do these things and you will be better. Do these things and you will be better. I believe that, but it's also, I started hearing like, you're like this guy or you're like this guy or you're like this guy. And it's like, listen, at 50,000 feet, maybe so, but I am not coming to you from a place of expertise outside of, of getting strong. Like that's the only area in my life that I have expertise. People think I have expertise in archery because I've, I've shot some animals and I've picked up the the stick bow or whatever. It's an obsessive passion Mm -hmm. that I have, but I am still so green, so completely green to the art and the technique of it all. Um, And that's the other thing. It's like, I know how special that, that meaning of master is in an area. Like I know how coveted that truly is. And I also realize how bastardized that is in, in today's society. So I don't want to be another guy just giving lip service about things, detracting from somebody who spent 50 years from it. So trying to learn in a modern era where I could probably propel myself further than my status should 
allow. Mm-hmm. Um, being behind that safe wall where I can clearly state in long form if I want to, or more detail, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is not a, you need to do this. You need to believe this. You need to think this way. It is, this is what I am doing. And then having a conversation about it. Instagram does not necessarily allow or provide for that type of outlet. And we talked about this on a video. One of the most popular videos I posted in the last year, um, it, it had 25, 30,000 views or whatnot. And it was between 2,500 and 3,000 likes. Almost an entire, it might've been over a day of like 24 hours plus or, or close to that of total viewership, right? When you look down at the average timeline, that people are spending paying attention to what you posted that looks, you know, 3000 likes. People love this uh, 25 hours of viewing time. People must love this. And then you see, okay, this was a four and a half minute video and the average watch time was 26 seconds. Mm-hmm. So am I going to shift my focus for peace, love and meat trying to gain and fight for that 26 seconds of attention or can I continue to give things there at a certain level? Yeah. Um, try to try to continue what we've been doing, but do more of that. But then also go to a very specific group of people and say, look, this is a little bit deeper. This is a little bit more of an attentive group. They're invested. And it's not like I care that it's $10 or $20 or $50. If you're invested, you're invested. Whatever you can, whatever you can do for yourself, that's, that's totally fine. I'm not going to mm-hmm. treat anyone differently. Now, there are levels of information that will be shared. We talked about this. Something that might be a one to three page article for the lower membership group might be a two or three minute video for the mid-level, but it's also a 10 to 15 minute video for the yeah. 50 gr- $50 group yep. with continued conversation on any of those fronts. Yeah. But nevertheless, the level of detail will be given special caveat to each of those categories. Like, yeah, we are going to make sure that each one of those, when you look at at your checkbook at the end of the month and you say, you know what, is that worth 10 bucks? And I'm not making light of that. I know the value of $10 in today's economy. I want to make sure that it's at least worth double that. And yeah. for the same for the 20. That's, or the that's 50, what I was like, going to say is make it like that's where that it's, it feels like it's a steal almost yeah, for whatever and, level you come in at that. We're just trying to really over deliver on a lot of it. For sure. And then just on a basic economics level of savings, like we are going to offer discounts, not only through us, but also other companies that by the end of the year, let's say you're in the $50 group, that's $600. You're probably going to have 150 to $200 in savings opportunities beyond. I mean, it it Mm -hmm. can very, very Mm -hmm. easily pay for itself. Um, You win one of these giveaways or get involved with something that we're doing in that front. Again, it can pay for itself and there will be opportunities limited to those tier groups. So more investment now, bigger discount on the other end. It's yeah. just one, it's just the way it works. So, um, that is the push, you know, we're going to end this, I guess we'll probably end this the, the last day of January, do the drawing within a 48 hour window of that. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of get the ball rolling on this. We do have another giveaway for February. Um, I talked to the guy that's going to do that bow yesterday, got a really, really cool idea, something he's, he's building more of now than ever before. And he's really just excited about how they shoot, how they perform the ease of shooting. And, um, when a guy tells me he's excited about building something, I'm not going to ask him to build something different. So 
I think that's the the model that we're going to get, and we'll definitely have more of that. But just if you if you've never shot a bow, or if you have a bow right now, or you know anybody that might benefit from one, just think about all that we're giving. We're giving a bow. We're giving arrows, sight, rest. Uh, you know, born primitive top, bottom, or whatever two pieces from there. Some camo, a bino harness, and probably a backpack, and then a ticket to tack. So you know, you're you're easily in the two thousand to probably more than that, honestly, range. We probably yeah. need to get a number just so we can impress people with how much we're giving away. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it, it probably, I mean, you think about it, the bow being roughly uh, $900 or so MSRP, you got a, probably a 200 to $250 site. You've got probably a $150 rest. You're probably, so 1500, you're, you're probably 1500 in on the bow setup. Itself, <coughs> just the imagine. bow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, $200 for arrows for a dozen. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 150, 200 bucks for a bino harness, easily 200 bucks for a backpack, um, $169 for the pants, you know, 70, 80, hundred dollars for the top and then camo, whatever that comes in at. So, you know, 25, I'd probably say somewhere around like 2,500 bucks all with yeah. everything. <clears throat> so for $15, just one off entry or, you know, your mm-hmm. membership goes towards your ticket and, you know, yep. that's. It's a pretty sweet deal if somebody whoever gets yeah. that's going to get a get a pretty good package deal there. So and like thank you, said, you guys that, that have yeah. already signed up and gotten involved. And if you're yeah. on the fence, I promise you, it it will be worth it. You will see yeah. the uh, the way that we interact in there is just going to grow day to day, week to week. And we've got kind of a formula that we were talking about even just a little bit before here. Um, as we said, so much of this has been on the fly with kind of like a known track we know where we're going but it's just kind of figuring out the process so we've got some ideas as far to how to to layer the information input into the groups individually for each tier and what that'll look like so we're going to get that nailed down but by the end of this month and, and it's already going but by the end of this month that should be running pretty much as it will and seamlessly yeah by by you know within the next week to 10 days yeah, so, for sure. Get signed up. And and like you said, what's cool is the the aspect of having more community involved. I mean, we've already got a couple dozen people in there that are already like really engaged and and commenting mm-hmm. on stuff and we're we're talking with everybody, at, you know, pretty much every day at this point, which is cool. So, that's only going to well, get yeah. better and more refined as we continue along this cuz like you said, we're we're very much operating from a ready fire aim perspective <laughs> yeah, right. on a lot of this stuff uh which is yeah. one of my favorite ways to do things like i don't really know how how to do much else other than have a fragment of an idea and then just fire off and then make adjustments as we go you know like, exactly I've, I've been in too many situations in the past where i've i've not done things because i was trying to wait until they were perfect before i started oh, yeah. and then those opportunities lost them like those opportunities were lost or, yeah. or I lost the interest in doing it or something, you know, one of a million things happens to where now it's not a possibility anymore. So I remember it was probably, I don't know, like six or seven years ago, I was working with one of the business coaches at the time. And he, that was like one of the main things he really kind of instilled. He's like, dude, if you got an idea about something, like get enough of a skeleton together that you at least have a starting point and then just send it, you know, like, yeah. and, and then once you fire it out, like, 
give yourself a, a, a whatever the designated amount of time is, gather your feedback and make adjustments rather than trying to do all of those things before you actually start. Because once you do, once you do start, you're going to have to do all that anyways. So now right. you've just lost however many weeks or months or years getting something fired off. So <laughs> lives, this, you know, yeah, like how many people yeah. go their entire life and never, you never jump, you know, for sure, man. Um, I, it's, I guess it's been a theme in my algorithm lately, but, um, <clears throat> I was watching this guy and I don't remember who he quoted. So if somebody knows it, um, shout it out <laughs> if it's you or you or me. Oh, um, I, lo- I but lost anyway. you for a sec. What did you say? Oh, I was just trying to be funny and your failed, algorithm. I was saying, <laughs> yeah, I was saying my algorithm, uh, has just given me a lot of like business, um, uh, real estate, you know, kind of oh, yeah. stuff lately, things I've been looking at. And, uh, this guy, I don't remember who he said quote, who, who he said the quote was from. And I said, if anybody knows, just shout it out, Ross. And, uh, <laughs> but what he, what he said was <clears throat> most people only dream of bettering their situation. They don't actually dream of what their dream is. Hmm. And he said, they're already living in the same realm of the dream of just getting better. Like I want to have my bills paid on time. I, you know, they're not thinking about a new house or a new car yeah. or they're not thinking beyond the immediate. And he said, so when they do get to that level, they never think beyond that because it was so yeah. hard to get there. They don't think there's ever a level beyond that. So they kind of get stuck in the routine. They're, they're advancing. They kind of get in a monotonous trend. They get miserable and then they work really hard and they find their way forward. If that same person day one had said, you know what? I want to live in California on the beach uh, with a 57 Cadillac, you know, like whatever their dream was, if they could detail it down, you know, it's kind of like you shoot for the moon, you get to the stars or you shoot for the stars, you get to the moon, whichever one it is. And it's, it really is one of those things. If you want to earn $10 million and you've come really, really close, but fail, you're probably still at four to $5 million. Right. You know, and, and the payoff of losing there is still pretty good. Yeah. And, and I'm saying this much like we were talking about too, with Instagram, I am saying this to myself right now. You know, I'm trying to transition my, my thinking from, you know, everything that I do has been a pursuit as far as it's been for sport or it's been in the field or, or whatever. My whole life I've been an athlete and I've really been trying to, to mess around with my own psychology and, and make, you know, a retirement plan, like a true investment retirement growth plan. I have those things. But like, write it down. Like, what do you want to build and how are you going to get that? And, you know, it's just one of those things that has been, that's probably why I'm seeing more of that business type stuff because it's the things I'm looking at. But it's important to me now to figure out how to look at my life where for so long I was trying to get away from a money-based thinking. I wanted to pay off any and all debt. I wanted to be as unattached as I needed to be. Like I never wanted to have to depend on a paycheck to have the things that I need. Whereas I don't want to get to a point where it's like, man, I just need more money for the sake of having more. But I look at the things that I could do in life with more opportunity because of money. And I think I'm trying, and like I said, I'm trying to, to scale it in a healthy frame because everything else I've chased um, I have done so in an unhealthy way, like yeah. to the depths of obsession. So it's, it's kind of nurturing those, those 
traits about myself, knowing that if I put my mind to it, I can do it. Um, but just figuring out the way that I, that I want to do it, that works best for everyone around me it, to go forward. You know, like this doesn't take away from anything else. It's a, it, it gives to everything. So I don't know. Have you gotten to that point with yourself? Like I, I know that you're a little bit younger than I am and yeah. you know, it's your, it's your young spry age. I wasn't thinking <laughs> about those things either, but, um, is that something that's on your radar? Uh, yeah, I would say always, especially in the, in the sense that for my, my living, my, my work, like it, with the brand new exception of the stuff that you and I are doing, everything else is all me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's the even added, there's the added, well, pressure, but you know, every other adjective and emotion that come along with owning and running a business you know what i mean yeah. so there's all of these things that i've been thinking about for the last several years and and hyper thinking about for the last four and a half since the first of the the, the little ones was born which kind of right. like puts you into a whole new zen of focus you know what i mean and so there's there's those pieces where i i'm realizing i have goals in many different realms that even just a couple of years ago seemed like 20, 30 year things. And I'm yeah. now thinking of them in like five to 10 year things. Sure. You know, and, and the, the forced shortening of that timeline does really well for me in terms of action and making, mm -hmm. making myself want to go do the things and, and, really kind of acts as a good driving force for me to do a lot of stuff, whether, I mean, it doesn't even really matter what area of life that's in, right. It mm -hmm. could be work and financial related, or it could just be stuff with my body and my training and, uh, or stuff with between, between Molly and I, like there's all these different areas where I tend to operate better with that. And when we talk about it with training where it's like, we are much better about our, our training and our, and our focus, when we've got something that we're working towards specifically yeah. on a yeah. timeline, you know, and having mm -hmm. that time, because so many times you'll have these real open-ended goals that even though they're, they're things that you need to get done there, there's no hard deadline on them. And it, no matter what it is, having any form of open-endedness with, with a pursuit, you're going to maybe even subconsciously, procrastinate a little bit yeah you know because yeah. there's there's no there's nothing there that's like you have to get this done by this day kind of a thing and yeah. so I've, I've noticed that about myself like if there's something that i even remotely think there's important in anything i have to put a date on it yeah. or or even maybe not a specific you know january 24th but it's like by january two years from now right. kind of thing or you like i'm giving myself a time frame to work within so yeah. there's a lot of those things where it's like, if I can get this kind of stuff really honed in and hammered down in the next handful of years, it's going to set up the next handful of decades. Yeah. You know, and that's well, kind of the approach that I'm trying to, 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 to make with a lot of this after, you know, doing things and I'm still doing things probably extremely poorly in a lot of senses of business ownership, right? Like, yeah. If, if I was, if, or if I wasn't doing them poorly, I'm sure I'm not talking to the right person. 
about right. analyzing what I'm doing. Like, even if that person was me a year ago, like my, my business a year ago, I'm like, why, how could I have even done any of this operating it the way I was at that point? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> well, that's, you know, that's one of the things that I'm trying to learn from you on this end is, you know, you're kind of the, the detail side of the organization of helping the website get going and, and that, what that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before, uh, when I had some, some partnerships and online kind of business, man, it was just like, we were talking about some things in regards to shipping any of the merchandise that we get. And man, I got eaten alive online because of some of the shipping stuff, you know? Um, and it, it, some of it was my fault. Some of it was the post office, you know? you're up till two or three in the morning cause you got home late and you promised these things would deliver you're up. And it's like, okay, this, this shirt's a large and you just happen to put it, you know, in a box or a bag that needed a medium. And it's just all those little things mm-hmm. that you not only have to touch it once, if you mess it up, you then have to touch it again, but having a drop ship um, to where we can choose the product, we can choose the quality, we can choose all of that stuff. And then it is handled by somebody that is, set up just to deliver. Yeah. Like those kind of things are mind blowing to me. Like, yeah. you know, I'm as, I'm as podunk simple as it comes in some regards. Yeah. But it's just amazing. The, the seamlessness of the world today for an entrepreneur in an online space versus when I got started, you know, 2010, uh, 2000. Yeah. yeah it was 2010. I came out with propower.inc and, uh, nice. it was, um, that was just a forum for powerlifters and a lot of guys that were training West side um, to just talk about conjugate in a, in a format of, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Well, that lasted about six months and got a cease and desist, but um, <laughs> you know, from West like, side or what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And it, here's the thing about it. Louie was cool about it. Um, Louie talked to me directly about it the like two days after. Um, and I, I expected it, it to be an argument or whatever. And he said, look, man, he said, I pay lawyers and they tell me what they're doing. He's like, I don't have much say on it because it's like, if I let you go, then they got to open the floodgates for yeah. everybody else. And after talking to him, like there was no hard feelings. The site came down. It just, it kind of spider webbed into other opportunities to do the same thing just for different different yeah. fronts but nevertheless it was um it's always been something that that made sense to me because of the reach you yeah. know that's one of the things that we've talked about is we don't necessarily want to grow a, a million people following i would rather keep the 10,500 or whatever it is right now and all of those people be like committed to what we've said and shared and gotten better themselves. I'm not saying committed to us or whatever, but just committed to themselves to improve, you know? And if that, if that's achievable, if we can help every person that sees the page or give knowledge to, or shine light on things that, that can help people better their lives, Mm -hmm. that's always going to be my mission. You know, like I said before, if it's a book, if it's a song, if it's a movie or a podcast, whatever, just a hub of like, man, that's really worth three minutes to listen to that song, or that's worth mm-hmm. 12 bucks to buy that book. I just don't want to waste people's time or money. And I don't want to mislead people. You know, that's, 
Yeah. It's too much of the industry's, well, it's just industry. You know, it's, it really is taking time for people taking their money and uh, misleading a lot of times. You know? Yeah. And, and in regards to a lot of the stuff that we're able to do now, just from a, like a logistics standpoint, it's amazing. I, there's, yeah. there's so many things available for, I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I've seen where it's like some 17 year old kid just decides he wants to open up a, a drop shipping thing with a, with a fun design a merch and starts an Amazon, yeah. Amazon store or whatever it takes like you can pay a few hundred dollars for a decent online course to like teach you how to set everything up. And yeah. then a couple years later, the kid's doing like 5 million in revenue, just selling yeah. shirts with d- designs that he drew. And like, it, it's that kind of stuff that's super encouraging and like motivating, but also just pisses me off to a degree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, and, and more from the sense, like, why am I not doing this? You know, like it's, right. it's like, I know how to, I know I can do all these things, but it's, I, I don't know what it is. I just get there or I get in this well, mode man, where I'm like, why can't I do, why am I not, not why can't I, but like, why am I not doing this? You know, How much of how, this is going to be a little bit of a shift away, but on the same topic, really, like how many success stories are time and place? Yeah. Right. Because I credit That's the time whole and book of outliers. Well, that's, that's like for me, for example, right? I talked about having the website in 2010. There was, um, there was like powerlifting USA, body tech. There was some, there were powerlifting themed magazines. Um, Louis was writing a lot of articles, but there weren't a lot of like new articles coming out, you know, with new training models and whatnot. So when I started training a conjugate system, and then eventually moved to West side. I started talking about a lot of that stuff online just from like, yeah, this is, I worked up to 500 with a blue green band, eight sets of two. Like I just detailed mm-hmm. my training Yeah, and it opened so many doors to questions. And then, you know, people got to see that you were getting ready for a meet. So when you did your meet, they wanted to know how you did. And it just became this ever changing ongoing story about my lifting career. And it's like, because I was sharing the depths of my training, I was showing a little bit of like life outside the gym, very little of that, but like still some, but then also engaging and answering training questions, you know, and helping someone dude, you could go online right now um, as some, as one of the best lifters in the world and try to start that and you won't do it. Yeah. Because there's some 17 year old kid that's obsessed with media really good at editing and fanatical about the sport and they can make tribute videos about lifters. They can become an expert quote unquote expert in the field as an anonymous face Mm -hmm. that just posts historical context about great lifters of yesteryear, you know? And now it's like, Holy shit. The whole thing has changed because the Mm -hmm. people in the sport making the most money are not the strongest. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's just a weird dynamic for me, but on our front, the same model applies. It's, it really is share something progressive and constructive and just be there to help people navigate it. You know, that's, that's always going to be the thing for me, but the timing and place of that is like, we have an opportunity because the time and place already got the attention yeah. of what we're trying to say. So what we do with it now just depends but, um, 
you think about like in the terms of music or art or, you know, like is immigrant song, immigrant song in 1986, Mm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Is Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin in 1981, if they came out fresh. Yeah. You know, it's just like they kicked down some doors and that made them what they are. And that's just one of the weirdest things about success is people don't factor in. You can do all the things. You can check every fucking box Mm -hmm. that uh, Anthony Robbins or Joel Osteen or whoever your evangelical money guru is. Mm -hmm. You can do everything they say and be at the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time. You know, it's like, it just, it's just weird. It's one of those factors that it's the X factor that very few people actually talk about in terms of success. And there's the, there's the matter of fact of it that sometimes like you had given that example with the kid in the, in, you know, the powerlifting history accounts, like those kind of things where it's, and we see this with what ends up being famous I think anymore, like there are people at the height of the craft of whatever it is they're doing that are considered the, the most famous in whatever field that is. But oftentimes it's, there's musicians or whatever, there's better musicians everywhere than the people that are famous right now. Hunting. We've talked about that. Exactly. They've got a look or they have the right way to package it that they just understand. They understand attention and they understand they understand marketing and they understand platforms. And that's, you know, if you want to have this, this idea of a successful endeavor and you want it to be a thing that you're known for, like you have to get good at telling people about it. Yeah. You know, well, and that's, who's better at that right now than Deion Sanders. That's I mean, but he's always been that way. Like, well, that's what, what I'm saying. But like, when he stepped out it, of the when he stepped out of the limo in the fur coat and the cane and the hat, showing up to his his last Florida State game, like, yeah, I mean that's that's what he's been about since the the moment we found out who he was. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's not. But that's changed, what I mean. He's not changed a bit. But that's the thing is, I think you're you're onto the other point of it too. Is man, it's it's just some people have that. Yeah, they have for sure. that thing, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's a dude. I've been really, really impressed with him. Um, just, I don't know. I, I There's the there's a college football fan in me that understands the frustration with, with the things that he was able to achieve year one because of the marketing and the hoop, mm-hmm. or, I mean, the hype and hoopla. Yeah. But he didn't create the NIL. He didn't no. create the transfer portal. So you can't fault the man for benefiting from the system. It's just yeah. like tax paying tax or Trump paying taxes. Yeah. He's like, you know, yeah. I did the same thing. All these other people did, <laughs> no. but, and that's the thing is they, other people can do it, but man, it is worse than a cover band. When you see some of these other schools try to do what oh, yeah. they're doing and they don't have it. <laughs> like oh, they don't, yeah. the coach doesn't have that. Dude, it's so bad. It it is so. There's. I don't want to say the school's name, but um, it, it's pretty wild out there when these people try to start doing the marketing and what people think marketing is. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Well, so. it just reminds I mean, it's it's whatever today's version is of your regular local like local business TV commercials from the yeah. oh, like, from the nineties where they would have the person Come that on ran down the, the Wally's. <laughs> exactly. Come on down the Wally's. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Or whatever the hardware store is in town or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's which looking back, those are great for obviously not the reasons that they're high quality, but yeah. but there's that's whatever that's that version of it now. You know, yeah. there's you're you're competing with whatever the highest version of understanding is in that or, or skill is in that area and then trying to do it in with with by yourself in your backyard with a with an old camcorder you know like yeah, i've that's got an iphone 6 is. i'm taking all my vids <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's um, exactly there's what a kid dude there's a kid in texas um he's phenomenal he started doing a lot of those like um like the, the reveals of cars kind of like drone style where he would, yeah you know, as they're driving around and drifting, he was doing some of the drone stuff there and he was doing like the walk arounds with different lighting and stuff like 16 year old kid, just obsessed with tuning cars. Yeah. His high school football team asked him to do a hype video and this kid just knocked it out of the park. Well, he yeah. got some, um, he got some deal with like a, a management group to make videos now for like, people that are coming to events like you know he's going to go to the event center and do videos of them like when they're they're sound checking or when they're getting they're pulling up in the limo so he's going to create mm-hmm. these like day of videos for this event center getting paid like two grand a show or two grand a video that's awesome. and he's like 16 year old kid that just loves doing that stuff that's awesome but i guess you know again saying this to myself as we talked about like this year needing to film and wanting to film more of the hunts and capture those moments. And like, it's, it's important to, to really think about it in a sense of not to make me look better, but to share the real, but also to share the real in a way that's enjoyable and consumable. Like you don't want to watch an iPhone six video of somebody doing something, but like having those stories where, um, it just kind of re reflects and, and talks about things. That's the kind of stuff I'm interested in just because, you know, as an English major, major, I was a writer. I like storytelling. I like unfolding a story in long form. So I think there's, there's something that's appealing to me about that. And, um, you know, just being able to, to do things in a different format, but then also maybe writing about them too, you know, just putting them down in a collection of writings, but, it's, it's really is limitless, you know, whatever yeah. you're interested in, somebody is going to find it interesting if you do it well enough. That story reminds me of the kid. Uh, have you, do you know about the kid who was, uh, Tyreek Hills, like personal videographer guy for social media? Yeah, it seems because Dion's so, boy does his stuff and it seems like they talked about Tyreek Hill. So they had, uh, they had this kid who like kind of the same thing would, would just post stuff for a long time and made like all of these, he would show up and, and just film and ask if he could film and make videos basically for free and was so good at it that he ended up getting hired by Tyreek to be like Tyreek's personal dude to make all of his videos for social media. And then for his apparel stuff and everything. So he would do like highlight mixes of every week's games and that kind of stuff. And then this year that game, it wasn't the game they scored 70, but it was a couple weeks later when Tyreek did the backflip when he came over and took the phone from the kid in the end zone. 
and oh, then yeah. did the backflip while he was filming it. It was that kid because it was his kid. He came and took his phone and did a backflip because he knew the kid was filming. The NFL suspended the kid because he said he helped like partake in a t- which like you're not supposed to have outside participation or whatever the right, rules right. are for the thing. Um, but it, like that even that thing because of what happened, the NFL coming down on him, like blew him up even more because oh, yeah. it was it was him capitalizing on one of those like he can't technically work for the nfl because he technically was like a, a subcontractor for the nfl in order to be on the field filming yeah. or whatever it is and so they ended up i think suspending him or something for the year but he's like just okay well this is going to be great for me by the way right <laughs> like, thanks for the vacation guys yeah, seriously <clears throat> i wonder you know i wonder how these uh like the MLB and NFL and NBA and stuff are handling the fact that their their assets are now more relatable people than ever. Mm. You know, like I think about the the Kelsey brothers. Mm-hmm. Like their podcast is gigantic, huge. You know, not, I think it's and, number uh, one in the freaking country, like all categories, yeah. or at least it was yeah, for well, a that, chunk of time. That's that's the Taylor Swift effect. Like that's that Jesus also. Fucking yeah. Christ. Yep. It's but also anyway. That. Um, Nothing to take away from her for like being a business mogul, but like I just can't get down with, with the music. Some some of it's okay. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> that's gonna bump our numbers up if some of the Swifties catch that you're bashing on uh, Taylor. Just, that's just, gonna yeah. rain in our engagement. Awesome, great. <laughs> Twelve year old girls, exactly what I never ever want to be like associated with ever. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, but like they they are celebrities off the field. Yeah. You know, like you, you look at their endorsement and that's one of the things that I look at. Cause you know, with Sorenex and working in the outdoor space and then with the proper side too, understanding a lot of relationships, monitoring a lot of, of businesses and individuals, seeing how they market, what their shifts in the market marketing strategy are just being observant. Right. Mm-hmm. You see some of these guys and they get the typical Gatorade, Powerade, Nike, Reebok, whatever. But when these guys start getting into some of the other like fringe stuff, like coffee makers and cars, and these people are attractive to the women. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? Like they are these, these, the Kelsey guys are being listened to by women mm-hmm. because I don't know if it's because of them or if it's because of Taylor Swift, but like the amount of products that they are going to like on home interior fronts is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like refrigerator sponsorships, mm-hmm. microwave sponsorships. So Jason was named one of the sexiest men alive of this year. Listen, I will take that over some of the shit that has made magazine covers this year. He's, he's I will awesome. tell you what he's the he every is. man, but dude, and you know what? I will say this in, in all joking aside, I, in the definition, classical definition of sexy as an aesthetic. No. But like sexy for the way he lives his life and handles mm-hmm. himself as a man in 2023, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, that dude's mm-hmm. a badass, and he's a, he's a, just an all around seemingly good dude. Yeah, um, I I do know some people that worked with him in the strength field and said he was better than he appears on any front. Like yeah, the, just the greatest guy in the world. So yeah, if we can start not normalizing necessarily the dad bod as an acceptance thing, but being like, you know what? it's pretty fucking sexy if you're a good dad and you show up and do your job and you don't lie to people and you don't fuck people over your whole life. You know what I mean? Like, and also he's still like one of the best to ever play his position. Like there's, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there, there is that, 
you know, <laughs> like, but like, <laughs> let's, let's also not take away from the fact that he's amazing at the job that he does. Yeah. You know? What'd you think about his retirement? <clears throat> I hated to see it. I kind of, I kind of figured that I kind of figured that it was coming this year, especially after the season started going the way that it did because yeah, it was, that was a rough ending to their season. It, it was bad, man. It, and it was, it was one of the things where I think the season kind of determined whether it was going to be this year, if he was going to go one more, because they were talking about it prior to the year beginning. Cause he's been with Philadelphia for like 13 or 14 seasons now, which yeah. like he's done the whole thing with just within Philadelphia and like, they love him there. You know, yeah. like those, that line crew that those guys have is with him and Lane Johnson. And those guys are yeah. just ridiculous, but it was kind of one of those things where they figured it was probably, this could be the year. And I think, I, I don't know, cause they had the, they had the, they dropped their episode today or yesterday where he came on and talked about it. And, you know, so I haven't listened to that yet, but I kind of figured once I saw that they were not going well back, I don't know, six weeks I'm like, yeah. I think this might have done it. But what I think, here's my prediction too. I think Travis is done too after this year. Cause you he's so? talked he's talked about like he 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 said on his on their podcast, he's like, I've thought about it before. And I've heard from guys, I've talked to a couple of guys that played it, like uh I can't remember if it was Wellborn that told me this or somebody else, but they're like, once you start thinking about retiring, get out. Like, because it's yeah. not, it's not a field. Literally, it's not a field that you can be not a hundred percent in on just from a health and like safety perspective being out there. You know, like you gotta be yeah. totally switched on to 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 be able to do that at that level. And it's like if you're kind of thinking about getting done, like get out. I actually just listened to it was an interview the other day. They were talking to Calvin Johnson. And they were having him on because oh, you know, the Lions are awesome and it's a great yeah. story and everything, but they're they were talking to him about like you know, the Lions have this this reputation of driving out the two best players that have ever played for them. And, yeah. you know, and like, and he said, he's like, honestly, it was just my, my, I couldn't take it. My body was hurting all the time. It wasn't worth it for me to like continue. And he's like, prior to that last season, I started like kind of whispering to some of the other guys in the room, like, I think this is going to be it. I think this is going to be yeah. it. And he's like, I, I couldn't have stayed on another year and, because I, I, he's like, I wouldn't have been able to perform at the things I needed to do well at. And I was just hurting all the time. Like it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. You well, know? I'll tell you, there's, um, again, I don't know who to credit this to, but I was told that there's a Mongolian quote about their warriors. And it was, uh, a warrior never goes to battle looking at home. Mm. You know, he doesn't, mm -hmm. he's never looking back towards home or a warrior never says goodbye before he goes to battle. Cause he's going to return home. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't go with the idea that you're not coming back and like in yeah. football, just like in powerlifting. I mean, I feel so ludicrous sometimes comparing powerlifting to like elite level of anything. And it is, I mean, it's, it's yeah. phenomenally hard, but it's just such a different measure of like sure. sport. Um, but yeah, man, like you have to go under the bar and that's why I went to Mark Bell's meet and did that 110 pound squat you know, after my knee injury, it wasn't about the weight on the bar. It was about getting up there and committing that I was not done competing. Like yeah. I, if, I, if I was going to squat a hundred pounds for the rest of my life, I was going to bench whatever I could bench and pull whatever I could pull, but I was going to get back under the bar. And you know, that for me was 
it, it was fear based, but it also was like, okay, I can do this. And it just kind of gave me some freedom to start back knowing that, okay, even if that's all it is, you still, you still want to do it. Yeah. And I don't know now if I wanted to do it because of the sport or because it was like, that was the only outlet that I had, but nevertheless, man, I think it's just a, it's an interesting concept because I never imagined myself being out of the sport um, until now. Like I thought I would lift until my forties and uh, you know, getting hurt at 32, man, again, like now you couldn't pay me to go back. Like you couldn't pay me to have good legs and be in that same way of thinking way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know because I should have retired, <laughs> you know, I should have walked away from it, uh, maybe sooner, but nevertheless, it just, it's just an interesting concept for those guys. Cause like they literally are on top of the entertainment. Like they're a who's who of who's who's. Yeah. And, um, I definitely understand wanting to retire after a bad season. I also understand that like in Kansas city, if they win the super bowl, it makes perfect sense to retire, mm-hmm. you know, but man, I don't know. Having, having some things left undone and see, it's such a crazy thing because there's only one lift that I didn't do. Well, two lifts or two things I didn't achieve in powerlifting that I had shifted my focus to say that I wanted to achieve, mm. you know, everything else was on a sliding scale of, I want to achieve. So where I was when I got injured, I'd never pulled 400 kilos in a competition and I had never totaled 2,300 pounds raw. And, you know, I was roughly 30 kilos from doing that uh, total. And then I was, what was it? I don't know. Maybe I was just that much in a deadlift away from, from both. You know, if I had pulled 881, I would have had roughly both of those things. So that, that's still kind of, it toys in my mind of like, what would that have meant? Not a fucking thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I like even, even my biggest fan, whoever that might be, they don't know my lifts. They don't give a fuck. They just Mm -hmm. cared that it was like that. I was following through with what I said I was going to do. I think that was the only way that you can like support anyone in powerlifting is like you consistently see them plan. You hear their goals and they achieve them. Like, that's really the only way to be a fan of a powerlifter, I think. I don't know. Well, trip down memory lane. Let's go <laughs> cry, some, cry some tears now. <laughs> not. Not. That's funny, dude. Oh, tell me about your shooting. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had something After caught on my throat there. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had trad league last night. Um, actually, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was going to be our last night and it, and it isn't, we actually have a couple more. So that's, that's fun. So basically, yeah, cause it's real informal and the guy that runs the shop, his name is Danny and they run an awesome place over there. And he goes, yeah, dude, as long as the weather's crappy and people want to keep coming in, like we'll do it. I don't, that doesn't. I'll be here. He's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me at all. Obviously you guys want to keep coming in every week. I'm good with that. So, uh, probably get another month out of it then I guess. But yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't shot in a couple of weeks. Didn't go last week. It was week before that, that I had gone last. And I was kind of like feeling a little bit rusty. I got there about 10 minutes before 
I don't know, shot a little bit and wasn't feeling great. I had moved the, I had actually moved my knock point up. Okay. Uh, I want to say a little under a quarter of an inch, not, not a ton. Um, but after I got those new arrows, the black Eagles, there was, it was, it was just catching off of, because I have it sitting on a, on a springy, but then it was, it was hitting that, but then also catching on the actual like shelf, you know what I mean? And I, and I could hear it before anything. And so I'm like, this, this isn't sounding right. So what, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So I took it over to him and he goes, you might just be catching on stuff. So he's like, we'll just bump it up a little bit and see if that helps. And as soon as it did, like back to being super quiet and was flying way better, had a little bit of an adjustment having to kind of reshift yeah, finding that anchor because now my arrow's a, a quarter or so yep. inch higher. So I'm kind of like now I'm a little bit lower than I was because before I had, I was like basically pushing my index finger right into the top part of my cheekbone. So it was yep. like the arrow was sitting right under my eye, yep. you know, And but now I'm like just that much lower. So it's kind of like in that, that little bit more of that protruding place of the cheekbone rather than right yeah. below the eye socket, essentially. So it took me yeah. a couple of shots a couple of weeks ago to kind of like refigure it out. And those first few minutes last night after a couple of weeks off, right after having fixed it, like I, I fixed it and then I shot like five shots and I took two weeks off. So I had to come back and I'm like, yeah. Oh crap. After we kind of read, I forgot I did this. But after that, I, I ended up getting really kind of zoned in and I've been, man, I've been really doing more, the last like six months, I was actually talking to uh, to Matt about this from the push when I when I was talking to him a few weeks back. I started when I started shooting. I was I was going very aiming method, like oh, point yeah. on, like super point on, you know, yeah. and and trying to get all of that dialed in. And I was ended up shooting okay, but it it was never something I felt like I could be real repeatable with. For whatever right. reason, it just, I never felt that level of comfort with it. Mm-hmm. And then I started switching to way more, like almost pure instinctive from, from an aiming, pers- from aiming perspective. And after I kind of got it back dialed in last night, like I, I think I told you, but it was probably the best I've shot in a couple of months. And I, they were just, I mean, I was slinging them last night. I sent you that video we have yeah, essentially how, how it goes up. There's 10 lanes and you have two targets in each lane and you get two arrows at each target. And then oh, yeah. once once everybody's done, you go get them, you come back, you just move down one lane to the right. And then you have those next two targets. So there are varying distances in between there. So the video I sent you, we have like, it's, it's around 17 yards and it hangs from the ceiling. It looks, it's like a big black spider that's on yeah. a web. So it looks like a big bat kind of, but it's got a spider sitting on it and it like hangs and it sways and it hangs about, eight feet off the ground and it's about 17 yards and then behind it the second one in that lane was an antelope that's about 24 yards and it was like all the way at the very back so it's about 24 yards and uh so i shot that i hit the two on the on the on the spider like as dead center as good as i've ever hit that target before which that one always kind of f's me up when i'm shooting at it just because of the angle i'm shooting up at it and yep. then it's always kind of moving a little bit so it, it takes you mentally a minute to to get used to that but then that second one uh there was a shrub that covered the whole front basically from his shoulder all the way up his neck to his head and the first shot i freaking sailed it way left like back hip 
And I'm yeah. like, okay, I was definitely just overcorrecting, looking at that shrub, and I just flinched and did something, <laughs> didn't want my, you know. And so the next yeah. shot, I'm like, I'm just shoot. I've, I, if I shoot it through this shrub, I'm just gonna do that. And it, and I freaking nailed it. But it was, I've been way more comfortable doing that more instinctive shooting and picking my spot, kind of a thing, yeah. rather than trying to line up arrow to point on and then dropping down because i think and, and when i was talking to matt about it the thing that i think mentally kind of messes me up is when i'm shooting those shorter distances aiming yeah. below something i'm trying to hit messes with my head yeah. you know what i'm saying like i from a trajectory speaking standpoint i understand aiming above something because the arrow dropping makes sense to me yeah you know like if from a physics standpoint in my brain but having those shorter like anything inside of like 15 where now yeah. I'm having to aim below the thing I'm aiming at and then watching it. it it's just a weird mind screwer. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? And I don't oh. know that I ever really get around it. So that's why like the, the pure instinctive where I can just send so many arrows. I know how they're going to fly, get everything in my technique from the drawback and anchor and everything, and then just pick my spot. Like, and yeah. then it just kind of micro adjusts from there. Like that makes way more sense to me. Well, that's like I was telling you when I try to like, when I point my arrow at the target, I am committed to shooting that thing at that or at that point. Like yep. I know my points. Yep. So when I'm pointing at a, a 15 yard javelina uh, or, you know, target, I am below it. And that's where I start my draw. But yep. where I get in trouble is when I get back to anchor and I'm like, Oh, are you right? Are you sure? Are you sure about this? And I start floating. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then it's like, Oh, that one hit the top of the spine or that one went over its back or it went under it or whatever. But if I trust my gut, so I am, I am a gap shooter in that I point my arrow below the body, above the body, on the body, wherever I need to. Yep. But I also cannot get back there and hold for very long. Like I yeah. just, I have to hold and pull through my click or I can hold the weight for something, but I can't get back there and think about I'm going to shoot this exact spot for very long. Yeah, yep. because then all the all the fucking wheels come off. Mine's like a mine's at the most like a two count. Like I it, it, anything longer than that, I kind of start to do the same thing where it just starts to mess with me. And so I'll I'll draw back and it's like if I don't have it, I, and it happened actually on two different shots last night where I pulled back and I got like one, two, and something just felt weird, and so I had to let down, and I did it twice last night on the same target for whatever reason something just felt weird and i don't know if it was yeah. like something in my draw felt weird or if i was just in that mode where i'm over analyzing where i was looking but i literally yeah. pull back and be like one two no that doesn't that something's wrong and i have to, and i let it down i did that twice so well, i'm totally it, the same that's something that i don't think enough people are practicing is their letdowns yeah i mean truly so here's something else i wanted to share with you just because it, it helped me out a lot let me do something here yeah so if you're listening to this, you won't be able to see it, but I'm going to show Ross in this video. So if you want to learn how to orient uh, your broadhead, a two blade becomes your horizon line. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's how, where you learn. So I actually turn my, my broadheads just slightly like at a 45 because that's where I can't. hold and tilt. Yeah. So when I can't, both. that, that two blade portion of this four blade from evolution outdoors is like a horizon line. Yep. I then put this, the up and down the North South blades on the leg. So that holds my aim true to the leg. 
Yep. And then I just, I move my gap portion to the two blade. If I just have a two blade, I just yep. run my height and I just try to frame the tip off the front of that. But yeah, canning it just a little bit to match your cant. So when your cant is there, it's truly flat. Um, it's just a helpful thing for me at shooting animal. I got more accurate once I picked that tip up. Um, yeah, I like. That. I got more accurate on the animal. Like yeah. I was having some shots. Um, there was a there was a doe, um, and I was in a tree stand, and I shot right over her back. I mean, just completely sailed it. Um, one, I didn't, you know, in the heat of the moment, I was just excited to to get to shoot her because I didn't think she was coming in, and yeah. um, I was just like, hold it, hold it normal. Well dude, it came out hot and just sailed over and I didn't have any frame of reference of where I was, you know, in the moment I look back, I'm like, where was I even aiming? So now with that horizon line, it's one of those checkpoints for me. It's like, where's your horizon? So now I can always know where I'm shooting because on that one shot, I just kind of lost focus in the heat of the moment was like, Nope, I sent that one sailing. So always looking for better ways to shoot, man. It was funny last night when we were there, we were talking about, um, cause he's, we're, we're off next week. Cause he's going down to Vegas for, uh, a big competition that's happening down in Vegas next week. Okay. And then, or a big, it's a, there's a, maybe it's a trade show and then there's a competition. There's like, there's a couple of things happening down in Vegas next week. So we're off next week, but he was saying there's guys that he was watching that are, are just unreal with their technique and their shot and stuff. And so we were kind of making light at, at that. Oh, that's everybody. Lancaster. He's going to. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so we were kind of making light at that fact last night talking about people who were, you know, we're just getting into it or whatever. And he goes, look, nobody here. Like, and he's like, I'm saying this as just anybody that's not the top 0.2%. He's like, nobody shoots correctly. You know, yeah. it's like, he's like, he's like, we shoot what's correct for how we shoot. And if we can yeah. hit stuff consistently, that's great. Like there's always room to fine tune stuff. He's like, but nobody here is shooting with the technique that the guys that are winning the world championships are shooting with. And so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of pointless to always do the, what are they doing kind of thing. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with people that look at what professional athletes are doing for their training. Yeah. It's like, why does that matter? Like this dude's right. been training for 25 years and now he's doing this stuff. This isn't right. what you teach a 14-year-old kid in speed school. You know what exactly. I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> Shoot. But, well, man, I think that's a good one. Let's wrap it. Um, yeah, let's uh, just say a quick thank you to Born Primitive, um, yeah. Expedition Bows, Easton Archery, um, Selway Archery. I mean, he's not going to have a quiver on the compound, but I'm sure we'll do some stuff with him on the others. Yeah. But really just – there's a lot of people that are that are rooting for us behind the scenes and willing to help. So all that's going to get paid forward to you guys. And of course, none of it's possible without you all. So thank you for listening as always. Thank you for the members for getting involved and make sure you take a second and get one of those tickets for the raffle. It'll be a great prize for somebody. True that. Catch you guys later. Peace out.